This is John Jackson Miller, and you're listening to the Star Wars Canon Podcast. May the Force be with you. There are stories about what happened. It's true. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Canon Podcast, episode number 58. I am your host, Brian Miller, flying solo this week, and it is so great to be sitting here talking to you guys about our favorite thing in the world yet again, Star Wars. Guys, I want to apologize for not having an episode last week. Uh, So, Usif and I sat down to record last week on Thursday, and we were having a great show. Everything was going real great. We weren't having having any issues. And then I lost the call with Usif in the middle of the show. And I looked down and I realized that for some reason my internet connection had just completely cut out. And it was on my end. I lost him. Was finally able to get him back on my phone through my mixer board on on my Bluetooth setting. And uh, we finished out the show. And I thought, you know, it's not going to be that big a deal. I'll be able to go in and edit out the part where we lost Usif and just, you know, we'll continue on uh, with, with the show. And upon trying to transfer my podcast from my mixer board to my computer, I pulled it up in my in my audio I'm sorry audio editing software, and it said that it was an encoding error. It wasn't able to transfer it over. I'm like, okay, well that's fine. I back everything up every time I record. So I pulled my backup up, and it said the same thing. So we actually lost the episode completely. Um, I was pretty devastated because I was really happy with. Everything in the episode that we had talked about, I was really happy with the way everything had turned out. And uh, I was I was kind of bummed. So I didn't realize it until Saturday morning when I was getting ready to upload. And at that point, it was too late to re-record that episode. So I told Usif, we'll just wait until this week and we, we can kind of redo it and talk about anything new that may have come out in the last week. And there's only been one thing that really came out in the last week. Um, but we, we will we'll get to that here in just a few minutes. Guys. So I have been really busy in my off time with 1138 Gaming. Uh, I've been trying to stream, actually I've been streaming almost every night, almost every night. The official schedule for 1138 Gaming is Mondays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Central. I usually get on uh, about 7 p.m. and we'll we'll play uh, a game for a little while. Right now I'm working on Horizon Zero Dawn, if you guys are interested in checking that out. I'm getting into it, it's pretty cool. Uh, but every night in between Mondays and Wednesdays, I've been streaming Assassin's Creed 2. I'm really wanting to do an entire playthrough of the Assassin's Creed franchise, 100%ing all the games as we go, all the DLC, all the trophies, everything. So we've been hitting Assassin's Creed 2 pretty hard, and uh, I think we've about got it finished up. I do believe uh, I'm going to hold off on any more Assassin's Creed games or even Horizon Zero Dawn after next week when Lego Skywalker Saga comes out. I think that's what it's going to be all the time until we uh, 100% that game, and then we'll go back to playing Horizon Zero Dawn. And we'll probably pick up Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. I I finished up Assassin's Creed 2. All of those videos can be found on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash C, I think is the letter they use, slash uh, 1138 Productions. So 
go over and check that out. Uh, and and it's a lot of fun. If you guys want to tune in and hang out with me while we're playing through uh, some of these some of these games, I'd love to have the company. Love to have somebody to talk to while I'm going through. And you know, once in a while when I get stuck, it's nice to have a little bit of help uh, from somebody. So, uh, talking about 1138 Gaming and the podcast, everything this channel puts out is accessible on 1138productions.com. It's our official website. You guys can go check that out. And you can actually use it as a mobile app. If You know, there's a, there's a lot of people who are keep asking, even now asking, what happened with the Star Wars Canon Library mobile app that we were working on a couple of years ago. And, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I've put the story out there of, of what happened and, and told you guys, but I'll, I can give a quick recap. Basically, it came down to money wasn't able to keep it going. The price for the platform kept going up and up and up every single quarter. It got ridiculous on the price. Uh, couldn't keep it going. And then we also got a cease and desist letter from Disney, which I was able to fight and beat. And then once that got beaten, then the price started getting jacked up and there was no way to keep it going. So we sat back and kind of talked about what, what we wanted to do with that project because we did. it was crowdfunded. And we put out a statement saying, you know, if you guys want your donations back, we have no problem giving those back to you because this isn't what you guys, you know, donated towards. But if you guys don't want your donations back, we are going to um, put them towards a website and set it up so that we can really control what content is on the site and what we're doing with it and everything like that. And so now we have 1138productions.com. And you can save this website to your home screen on your phone or your tablet, and it works as a, as a mobile app, really. It's still just a mobile website. Uh, but on that website now, we've got this podcast you guys can listen in on each week. We've got the Marvel cast with Stephen Hall and J.G. Karst. They're doing an awesome job with that show. If you're a big Marvel fan, that's a show you guys are definitely not going to want to miss. Uh, we've also got 1138 Gaming on there. You guys can check out and watch right through the website. But on the website, we've also got uh, a group of timelines, different franchise timelines. And it's not just Star Wars anymore. Now that we've gone to 1138, we, we talk about several things, not just Star Wars or not just Marvel. So there are a few timelines on there now that are available. And there are others that we are working on to try to get put out there for everybody. And we would like to expand that library of timelines. So if you guys have any ideas for timelines you like on the website, shoot them our way on the contact page there on the website, and we will take a look at it, and we'll see if we can't get one uh, through together for you. Uh, right now, we've got the Star Wars canon timeline on there, which is being updated regularly. We've got uh, a Halo timeline, which is on there, because uh, I know one, somebody suggested doing a Halo timeline, and so we threw that one together as well. Um, it, it looks pretty cool. I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. It's nowhere near as big as the Star Wars timelines, but it's, it's, it's really cool to be on there. Uh, and we've also got now the entire Star Wars Legends timeline. It is on there available as well in the same format as the canon timeline. So you guys can go through it very easily, figure out what's what. But the entire Legends timeline is on there. Richard J. put that together for us and uh, did an amazing job on it. It's now live, so definitely head over and check that out. Some other timelines we're, ta we're, we're talking about putting together. Usif and I are, are going to be sitting down and doing an Assassin's Creed timeline, which is really tricky considering some of the games. The games take place, you know, present day, and then all the past stuff is in the past, but the game itself is present day. The novels are all past stuff, though, so it's really interesting on how to, how to put that together. We're also going to be working on a Star Trek timeline and uh, the MCU 
we're going to be putting on there as well. And then we've got some ideas for some other timelines as well, franchises that have branched out into books and comics and stuff like that. So we are going to be getting those put on there as soon as possible. Uh, and before we get into everything I wanted to talk about in this episode, there's one more thing I wanted to tell you guys about. So last week, or week before, uh, I think it was the week before, I found online, and this is the first time I've been able to actually put it out uh, publicly and officially. So uh, I found the, oh God, I can't believe I'm talking about this. I found on Blu-ray the original 1978 Star Wars Holiday Special on Blu-ray. And yes, I spent my hard-earned money on it. Uh, so I got this Blu-ray in the mail, and last weekend I sat down and recorded a reaction video to it. A full reaction video, beginning to end on this thing. And I tried to post it to YouTube, and within three minutes of it being posted, it was taken down. Uh, due to copyright. Even though for some reason the holiday special is public domain, they still decided they wanted to pull it down. It doesn't make any sense to me. So, that reaction video is now on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash 1138productions, but that reaction video is free to anyone who wants to watch it. There's no donation required to check out that content. You guys can go there right now and watch that reaction, and uh, I'm going to tell you something. It was it was pretty bad. I'm not going to talk about it here. You guys can watch the reaction and, and see my real-time thoughts and 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 just oh my god it was it was tough to sit through 110 minutes of just i wow um so head on over there check that out all i ask is if you guys go to our patreon page and you guys watch that video give it a like or a comment that way i can kind of gauge how many people are checking it out how many people are interested in it um but yeah it's it was something to sit and behold and you know i hadn't watched it since i was like 10 or 11 and a lot of it hadn't stuck with me. So going back and watching it as an adult was just one of the most painful things that I've ever put myself through. So go over to our Patreon page and check that out. That, Like I said, that is free for anyone who wants to, uh, to watch it. Also, if you guys uh, would like, go ahead and show some love there and, and drop a donation. Uh, once Obi-Wan comes out in May, we'll be doing weekly episode reactions, full episode reactions on there. Uh, and you guys can and check those out as well. Same thing for Andor, Mando Season 3, you know, all these other shows that are getting ready to come out. We're going to be doing live reactions to all of those as well. So uh, show some love there. It would definitely be appreciated. All right, let's get into some new canon that's coming out this week. Uh, this week, we really don't have a lot uh, that, that came out. I'm not talking this coming week. I mean this past week. We had, didn't have a whole lot come out this past week. We, we had one comic issue, Bounty Hunters number 21, uh, I believe. Uh, came out this past Wednesday. Now this upcoming week, it's it's going to be, it's going to be a little cooler. Um, I'm I'm really excited uh, about what we have to look forward to um, in, in this coming week. And so this upcoming week, we have a new novel by E.K. Johnston. It is Queen's Hope. It is the third book in the Queen's trilogy. Be rounding that out really well. Really excited about this novel. Can't wait to sit down and read it and uh, give you guys my thoughts on it. Also, on Wednesday, on uh, April 6th, we've got Bounty Hunters number 22 coming out. And uh, also on April 5th, alongside Queen's Hope, we've got, and, and yes, I know this game isn't necessarily considered canon, but I want to talk about it for a minute. Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga is coming out on April 5th. The reason I am talking about this on a canon podcast is when I went back and played 
the Lego Force Awakens game. There were some bonus missions in that game that we never saw on screen, never really saw in novels or anything like that, that I thought were just fun little missions that, you know, they'd tacked on stuff to do, not, not, not necessarily canon, right? However, there was one level in the game that was a direct adaptation of the C-3PO comic, The Phantom Limb, the story of how 3PO got his red arm. That story is canon, and yes, I know the all the Lego cartoon violence and, and animations in the game are not canon necessarily, but the story itself is, which kind of leads me to believe that the stories in the Lego Force Awakens game that were told outside of the film and outside of the novel, those are canon as well. The stories themselves, not, not the Lego aspect of it, but the story aspect of it. So I'm kind of taking the same approach a little bit with the Lego Skywalker saga. I'm sure there's going to be things inside this game that aren't necessarily in the movies or in novels or anything like that. But they are loosely based on canon, if you know what I'm saying. I would, they're what I would call canon adjacent. They're not necessarily canon, but they run right along next to canon. So I'm really excited for this game. I know a lot of adults, believe it or not, are very excited for this game to sit down and just do my, like just, just mindless, stupid fun. You know, so uh, that's the reason I'm talking about it. I can't wait to get my hands on this game, and uh, I'm I'm really excited to to relive the entire saga again in in Lego form, which is always fun. Even if you guys have never played a Lego game before, you guys are missing out. You guys, these these games are absolutely hilarious, and they're a blast to play, and they're just casual fun. You know, so I'm looking forward to that on April 5th. Now, because we didn't have an episode last week, I didn't get a chance to talk about new canon that came out that week. So that particular week, we had Dr. Aphra number 19 and Darth Vader number 21. So those are on comic stands now as well. Be sure to go check those out if you're uh, keeping up with those runs. Let's get into some news, guys, because there's a few things here I'd like to talk about. Two of these stories are from last week when Usuf and I uh, attempted to record this episode, uh, and, and we lost it. And there's one piece of news that's new. Uh, we finally got our first look at Shadow of the Sith. This is a novel that's coming out um, in June, I believe June 28th, written by Adam Christopher. This is a novel that I am counting down days for. I cannot physically wait for this game to come out. Um, or uh, this, this book to come out, I mean. I, I am so excited for this. This is the story of... Luke and Lando trying to hunt down Ochi of Bastoon that we heard about in The Rise of Skywalker. And at the same time, Ochi is trying to hunt down Rey and her parents, which we now know is a clone of the Emperor and whomever his wife was, correct? Or the mother of Rey. I am so excited for this book. And after reading this excerpt, I, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, give it to me now, please. I, this is my number one anticipated novel. I've never been this excited for a book before. I've been excited for Star Wars books in the past, but I've never once been this excited for a book, Not let alone Star Wars, just any book in general. Um, I, I'm so excited for this. And now this excerpt that they released, if you guys don't want it to be spoiled for you, please mute this for, you know, two or three minutes, or skip ahead, or not even that far, but, you know, just skip ahead a little bit. I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but the reason I'm talking about this excerpt is because it was officially released. It's not like 
this leaked, and this is a spoiler or anything like that. This is basically, you can't do a trailer for a novel. And when you release excerpts, they're basically trailers for novels. That's the way I look at them. So I like to openly talk about excerpts from, from these books. And so this particular excerpt uh, has me losing my mind. In this excerpt, uh, it's Luke Skywalker. He's on Tython. And remember, this is after Return of the Jedi. He is on Tython at the Seeing Stone, the same stone that Mando took Grogu to, set him on the stone to reach out to any Jedi that were, that were in the galaxy. And he has this vision of Exegol. And he's, I don't want to say transported to Exegol, but in a way transported to Exegol. To him, it feels very real. He's walking around, and it's very real. And these nine uh, dark force-using Sith wraiths attack him. And they've all got, like, inverted color lightsabers and stuff like that. And Luke decides to start trying. He's trying to fight these things off. And his blade is just passing through them. And he's starting to get his butt kicked. They start to get the upper hand on him. They're moving in for the final blow. And out of nowhere, a blue lightsaber comes out of, I mean, out of nowhere. And a force ghost appears and starts fighting the wraiths off. And Luke at first thinks that it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. And when the ghost turns around... It's Anakin Skywalker, and he breaches his hand out to Luke, and that was the end of the excerpt. I am losing my mind over this book. I was already excited for this novel before I read the excerpt, and upon reading this one, I am so, so ready for this book to come out. This is my number one anticipated book, and, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to Brotherhood, too. I'm, that, that one's a close second, but this book... To me, is going. It's, or it already sounds like it's going to be essential reading, and I I'm so excited to get my hands on it. So we also got the cover for it as well. A really cool shot of Luke with his lightsaber and Lando, and then we also got a picture of some new villain on the cover of it with a with a red lightsaber, cool mask. We don't know who that is yet, but we'll find out. Very excited for that. So Shadow of the Sith is coming out on June 28th. I'm I'm really looking forward to this book. You're going to hear me talk about this book a lot before it comes out. Um, and hopefully I'm not in the middle of another book when that one drops because I'm going to stop reading whatever I'm reading then and go to this, which I never do. As a, as a rule of thumb, I never put down a book I'm halfway through and go read another one because I always have to come back and restart the one I was on. Usually I wait to read the new book, finish the one I'm on, and then go to the new book. But if, if I'm in the middle of one when this comes out, I'm, I'm, stopping, all, I'm stopping all presses like it's, it's game on. So uh, looking forward to that. Another piece of news we got last week was that the trailer for Jedi Fallen Order 2, or whatever the title is going to be, not necessarily Fallen Order, but right now we're calling it Jedi Fallen Order 2, the trailer for it will be shown at Celebration this year. Uh, I'm really excited that they're far enough into production with this game that we have got a trailer coming. It seems like the last game just came out, but I guess it has been a couple of years. Really, really looking forward to this as well. And there's been a lot of speculation on whether or not it will continue to follow Cal Kestis as a character or if this will be an entirely new Jedi. We don't know. Um, I, I tend to think that it's going to be Cal Kestis again. He was a fan favorite. The fact that his lightsaber just went on sale at Galaxy's Edge, I think, shows... And the, and the fact that it was a fan-voted lightsaber, I think shows a lot with how much he's connected with the audience and how much people have connected with the game. And I'm really excited to see what they can do with this. Cause if it's, if it's, if they end up doing a trilogy with this game or even just a, a series in general, you could go a lot of places with this character in this time period. And it's, 
it's exciting. So we'll be getting the trailer for that at Celebration. Probably get the official title as well. We won't probably have to call it Fallen Order 2 anymore. Hopefully it's Jedi and then something different other than Fallen Order. Um, but I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, the new piece of news this week that I wanted to talk about, which really isn't that big of a deal, um, at least not to me anyway, the Obi-Wan Kenobi premiere for Disney Plus was pushed back from May 25th to May 27th to Friday. But the caveat to that is they are going to be releasing the first two episodes instead of just the first. And at first I was like, I don't understand why you're doing this. And then I realized, and I remembered that Celebration starts on Thursday that week. And I'm, I'm willing to bet on Thursday, the first day of Celebration, they're going to be doing an Obi-Wan panel and they're going to want to show the audience there the first two episodes back to back before it hits Disney Plus the next day. So I, I get why they did it. And it makes total sense because they did come out afterwards and say, no, it's going back to Wednesdays after that. Um, it's just, it, it, we're just premiering it on Friday, which means, guys, that in a five-day period, we're getting three episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Think about that for a second. On the 27th, we're going to be getting the first two episodes. And then the following Wednesday, five days later, we're getting a, a third episode already. Five Within five days, we'll have half of the Obi-Wan series already. It's crazy to think about that, but it's it's coming, man. Within the span of a week, we'll already be halfway done with Obi-Wan. Um, so it, it did get pushed back. They did a, a cool little video with Ewan McGregor coming out saying that this is what was going on. And had it been anybody else in the video, I'm, I'm sure there would have been some people kind of pissed off. But when Ewan himself comes out and says, guys, it's no big deal. But the cool thing is that we're doing the first two episodes. It'll be all right. Don't worry about it. It's I, I tend to, to take it a little bit easier. Granted, it won't be the 40th, or what would have been the the 42nd anniversary? Is that right? No, 45th? I don't even remember how, it would have been the 45th anniversary. At least, it's not going to land on the anniversary like it was going to, but it's close enough. I It's 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 close enough for me. So, uh, that is all the news for this week. Now, you guys that have been listening for a while, you know that Usuf had this idea to do a villain bracket, and so far it's been a lot of fun. You guys have been interacting with it a lot you've been putting your input in it and telling us how you feel you guys have been voting you guys have been commenting it's awesome that's what we were that's what we were after was interaction with you guys and letting you guys decide who was going to be winning all of these I shouldn't say fights but these these polls last episode we did uh we had Sebulba and Newt Gunray go up against each other and in a very close poll Across Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, you guys voted. And it was, I mean, it was by the skin of his teeth that this person won. Sebulba beat out Newt Gunray. And I mean, when I say it was close, guys, I mean it was ridiculously close. Um, so Sebulba is going to move on eventually to go up against who knows. But yeah, Sebulba did beat out Newt Gunray uh, this week. Now, this week, it's our last general assholes uh poll and this week is it's kind of a cool way the way this this poll kind of worked out and now this week we are going to have Dryden Voss and Jabba the Hutt go head to head in the polls you guys are going to vote not who would win in a fight remember it's not who would win in a fight it's who is the cooler character who do you guys think is more badass it's not about who would win in a fight it's who's cooler so uh this week it will be 
Dryden Voss and Job of the Hut. And the only reason we haven't done the wheel and you don't hear the do 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 is because we only had six, and these are the last two in the category. So it's obvious these two are the ones going up against each other. I'm excited to see how this is going to go. Personally, I would vote Job of the Hut if I you know when I when I go vote, it's going to be Job of the Hut. He's OG. He's the gangster that I grew up with. He's the crime lord that in Star Wars that I know and love. So, uh, me personally, I'm going to be voting Job of the Hut. You guys, make sure to go vote on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And you guys can vote more than once if you go visit all three of those places and and uh, vote to make sure the one you guys want to win wins. So definitely go check that out. And leave a comment, too, on why you voted for who you voted for. Uh, I'd love to, to hear your guys' reasonings as well. Uh, and so I, I, I can't wait to get these polls going. I really can't. So uh, definitely... Go check that out. We'll be reading the results on next week's episode, and uh, then we'll be moving on to an entirely new uh, bracket, new group of people, and which I believe, let me check real quick. I don't want to lie to you guys. I believe it's going to be Bounty Hunters. Yes, next week we will be moving on to Bounty Hunters that you guys can vote for on who's cooler, and I think it's pretty obvious who's going to end up walking away from that one, but... Yeah, we, we're going to be moving on to Bounty Hunters next week. So be sure to tune in and uh, find out who the next poll is going to be. Guys, let's get into some mailbag questions. Uh, how do you guys get a question on the Star Wars Canon Podcast? You can email it to us at starwarscanonpodcast at gmail.com or you can visit 1138productions.com slash contact and you can send us a message through the website as well. Each week I'll go through and pick out a couple. And uh, this week I've got two questions that I wanted to uh, address. And then I've also got another topic. Uh, it wasn't necessarily a mailbag question that was sent in. It was more of a, a request to address something um, in, in Star Wars. And so we're going to be talking about this as well. And uh, I, I, can't, I can't wait to, to talk about this. So... Uh, let's do the mailbag questions first, and then we'll get into this, this other topic. Uh, mailbag question number one this week comes from Danny Eastwood. And Danny says, uh, oh, I lost it for a second. Here we go. Hey there, Cannon crew. Love your show and listen every week. I'm loving your website and content. Keep it up. Thank you so much for the words, uh, the kind words, Danny. Do appreciate it. Uh, I was wondering if you had any thoughts on the theory that Palpatine was draining the life force from Padme in Revenge of the Sith to save Vader's life. Would make a lot more sense than dying of a broken heart. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks for the question, Danny. Yeah, this is a fan theory that's been going around for quite a while uh, because I nobody liked the, the notion of Padme just dying of a broken heart, right? Uh, and and this is a theory that I could definitely get behind. This is one that I'm... I, totally buy if they come out tomorrow and said yeah this is what happened that's cool that's that's good enough for me I, I totally get it and there's nothing in canon right now that says that's what happened but there's a lot of evidence to kind of back it up and you you really got to look at what was going on in revenge of the sith the 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 progression of events right there right as that was happening of what happened what was said and, and, and we've got some things to talk about, some things to bring up from other pieces of canon that kind of back it up as well. So when when Padme is dying, um, 
the the medic droid comes in and says, for reasons that we don't know, we're losing her. She's lost the will to live. You can't say she's lost the will to live right after saying we don't know why she's dying. There are reasons for reasons unclear to us. We don't know. This kind of seems like one of those moments where in Rebels, Obi-Wan told Maul after he, he slashed him when Maul said, you know, is he the chosen one talking about Luke? And Obi-Wan said, yes, he is. We know Luke wasn't the chosen one, but to Obi-Wan's point of view, to everything he knew, yes, Obi Luke was the chosen one. To Obi-Wan, that's that was that was Obi-Wan's truth. So when you look at these medic droids and they say, you know, it, it seems like she's lost the will to live, there's reasons we don't know. So something had to have been going on that didn't pan out because they said medically she's perfectly fine. Um and, and and somebody as badass as Padme, right? She was badass in episodes one and two and in Clone Wars, and in three they turned her into a plot device. But she was a badass female character, right? After everything, that's what got her was a broken heart. You're joking, right? It, it just there's no way she died of a broken heart, and Leia watched her entire planet get blown up and didn't die of a broken heart. You know what I'm saying? It's she she didn't die of a broken heart. There's no way. She didn't lose the will to live. She wanted to live. Padme, she was so excited about being a mother and was talking about, you know, I want to I set up the baby's room. We can live by the Lake of Naboo. You know, and she was already thinking about it. And she was so excited. You don't lose the will to live when your children are born. If anything, that gives you that spark, that extra that extra push to, to be better and to be there for them, you know? Um, I never understood that until I became a father, and it just, wow, you know, I would do anything for that kid. I, I, I've, I've changed eating habits. I've changed some of my personal habits in life to make sure I'm here longer. I quit smoking, you know? I, I used to be a heavy smoker. I quit smoking knowing that someday I was going to be a father, and I wanted to be here for my kids and so I I've done all of this stuff to make sure I was here for my kid and and I am and there's nothing in the world I would change you know there's no there's nobody on this planet that I love more than my son and for Padme to be giving birth to twins like that and then to just up and die because she didn't she missed Anakin no you that that doesn't make any sense you know um there are other things in canon with Palpatine that really lends itself to this theory. Uh, we already know that Palpatine was able to launch his own consciousness across the galaxy to a clone body at the end of, of uh, Return of the Jedi to his body on Exegol, correct? So we know that he's able to transfer consciousness from one body to another. Granted, it was his own. But why couldn't he in that time period be able to transfer one other person's life force into somebody else to save their life. Anakin's wounds were mortal. Nobody should have survived that. No one. And it was just brutal, right? That that he was able to survive that. And it's just, wow. And not only does that lend itself to Palpatine being able to do that, but think about what he told Anakin. He told him, I will tell you the secret of keeping the ones you love from dying. And he tells Anakin, together we can unlock the secrets, which told us for a second that Palpatine didn't actually know how to do it. But what if he did? 
and he did it to save Anakin's life. Maybe he told Anakin, "You, I can teach you how to save the ones you love, but he didn't tell him the whole truth, saying, but it's going to cost somebody else their life. You see what I'm saying? You could Anakin could have stopped the ones he loved from dying by sacrificing somebody else's life force and transferring that life force from one body to another. And that was the secret that he wanted to teach Anakin. But in the long run, taught Anakin the valuable lesson, you can do it, but it's going to cost you something in the long run. You know what I'm saying? So it there, there's a lot to it that really lends for that ability to have been there and for Palpatine to have done that to save Anakin. And it really goes to show how much of a bastard Palpatine actually is. We all know he's the big baddie, right? But it really goes to show how much of a bastard he is when he's willing to take the life force from a another from from a pregnant woman, a woman who is pregnant with twins, to save Anakin. You see what I'm saying? So it really does lend to him being a, just just this bastard. So I this is a theory that if they were to come out in a novel or in a comic saying, you know, this is what actually happened and we're addressing it, this is this is the canon excuse for what happened, totally going to buy it. I hope to God actually that they end up saying, yes, this is what happened. This is why Padme died. And it just it just makes total sense to me. And I think it's I think out of all the fan theories I've ever heard, this is the biggest one. This is the one that I can definitely get behind. This is one that I'm like, yes, absolutely. That makes all the sense in the world. So thank you for the question, Danny. Uh, I do appreciate it. Guys, let us know in the comment section on whichever platform you're listening to the show on. Let us know what do you think of this fan theory that Palpatine transferred the life essence from Padme to Anakin to save him. Let us know in the comments. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say about that. Uh, and the second question this week comes from Taylor Hammond. And Taylor asks, I listened to your episode last week when you talked about the old EU books, and it got me thinking. Why do you think the new books and comics don't live up to the old EU material? It seems to me that there is a quality issue with the new books, especially the first two or three Disney released. Would love to hear you talk at length about your opinions on the matter and what you think Disney should do to strengthen the new canon. Thanks for the question, Taylor. Uh, first off... I want to address uh, something on this question. You you ask, why do I think the new books and comics don't live up to the old EU material? I have never said that I don't think they live up to the old stuff. I've never said that. I've never read a lot of the EU stuff. I've read a handful of the EU novels, uh, Shadows of the Empire, the Heir to the Empire trilogy, the Darth Bane trilogy, which is just gold. Darksaber was a really fun book. But there's... There's several EU novels that I have read, but I've never read all of them. I can't compare the new canon to the old EU. So, first off, I've never I've never once said I didn't think they lived up to them. Are there a difference in the books themselves? Not necessarily a quality difference, but is there a difference in the books and in, in, in the style of writing? Yeah, there's there's a little bit of a difference. There's you can tell there's more attention to detail, kind of told in the canon stuff where they try their hardest to make stuff match up with other books and other things, you know, to make it all one cohesive canon. Uh, and I'm not saying they didn't in the EU. They they did, uh, but not to the degree of which they have now, you know, with somebody overseeing everything. And 
remember, the old EU was never canon. It was never something that Lucasfilm officially licensed or put out or or even condoned. Well, they condoned it, but they didn't really keep up with it. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot like um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with Marvel, right? There's this big debate on whether Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is canon or not. I don't think it is. It's not on Disney+. Plus. It's not in the timeline, uh, what's well, on, uh, is it on Disney plus? I don't remember if it is or not, but it's not, it's not on the, the timeline, the chronological, uh, uh, thumbnail list for MCU stuff. All the Netflix shows are, but not agents of shield. That's the one show that I don't think is. And I don't remember who it was. I believe it was Kevin Feige a, a long time ago when that first, when that show first started coming out, he made the comment, you know, we we do our movies. We don't take into account anything that happens in the show. Uh, to us, Agent Coulson died in Avengers. He's dead. That's all there is to it. In the show, they brought him back. But to him, he said, in the movies, as far as we're concerned, he's dead. As far as the show goes, they do everything they can to line up with the movies the best as they can, whether the show acknowledge, the movies acknowledge them or not. And that's kind of the way the old EU was. The, the movies and, and everything else was happening and didn't really pay attention to a whole lot of what was going on with with the books because if if we if Lucas had paid attention to it the clone wars we got in episode 2 would have been vastly different compared to what the clone wars were in the heir to the empire trilogy what was described there so there's there's a lot more in the new stuff trying to keep it all cohesive and coherent and 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 flowing very well right um i don't know if there's a quality issue. Um, there are some damn good books in canon. Uh, you know, we were just talking about Shadow of the Sith coming out. I'm really excited for that book. It sounds like it's going to be amazing. Um, Bloodline was an amazing book. Lost Stars was an amazing book. You know, a lot of the High Republic stuff is really good. Um, it's And just because it's different than what came out before doesn't mean that there's a quality issue. It doesn't mean that the books are better or worse. It's just they're different. These are not your daddy's Star Wars books. You know, this is our generation of, of canon. This is our timeline now. Um, and and you, you brought up uh, the quality issue, especially in the first two or three books that Disney released. So the first three books Disney released was A New Dawn, Tarkin, and Heir to the Jedi. A New Dawn was, it was all right. It was a good kickoff. Tarkin was amazing. Tarkin was an amazing novel. Um, and and I don't want to say that's the general consensus, but it's it's there are a lot of people really like Tarkin. But then you get to Heir to the Jedi, which is arguably the worst book ever written. And it's it was supposed to be originally in the EU timeline. It was supposed to be in that Legends timeline. The only reason it is canon now is because it was already in the process of being published before you know, before the slate wipe happened and they just kind of tweaked a thing, you know, one or two things here or there and brought it right into canon. That book was originally supposed to be the last book in a trilogy in Legends. There was a Leia book, a Han book, and then there was going to be this Luke Skywalker book. So if you're saying, you know, these, so, you know, some of these books, especially the first few that Disney released were crap. Remember, they were, one of them was supposed to be Legends. So, Legends obviously has a quality issue, as you know, or was going to, or, you know, there's things in Legends that wasn't that great. You know, I talked about my reaction to the Star Wars Holiday Special earlier. Remember, up until 2012, 
whether Lucasfilm wanted to acknowledge it or not, it happened. It had it had Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, and Mark Hamill attached to it. Peter Mayhew, Anthony Daniels. It had uh, James Earl Jones voicing Vader. All of that was canon, not canon, but like it was part of that EU timeline up until 2012. The holiday special really did happen up until Disney wiped the slate clean and they kept the six theatrical films in the Clone Wars series and that four-issue Darth Maul run. That was it. That was when they got rid of it. So you're, I mean, that, that was the arguably the worst movie ever made. <laughs> like the worst thing ever put to film. And Canon has the quality issue. It's, it's a subjective thing. Um, personally, I've loved a lot of stuff in Canon. I don't, like I said, I don't think there's a quality issue. Uh, but between the two, now I I do acknowledge that it it's complete. They're they're completely different runs. Everything we got in Legends, the structure of it is a lot different than what it is now, and not just because what we have now is canon and what was then is not or never was. Um, because you ask, you know, what do we or what do I think they should do to strengthen the new canon? So there's there's a thing that they did in the EU that they haven't done in canon yet. And I wish they would. They, they're they on the right track, but they're not there yet. In EU and Legends, we... Yeah, there were a lot of standalone novels, but there were also a lot of series. There were a lot of different book series that were written by the same author all the way across. You know, you had the X-Wing Rogue Squadron series, which uh, Michael Stackpole wrote. You had... Um, I guess there there was a Thrawn duology also that Timothy Zahn had written, uh, Outbound Flight. You know there there were all these different series, Young Jedi Knights, the the Junior Jedi Knights, uh, the there were all these other series. You know the the Old Republic series. I mean Drew Capetian wrote a lot in in Legends back then, but all these individual stories that were like six, seven, eight, nine books long. Some of them eleven, twelve books long were happening in the timeline, right? And they were all written by the same person. It was one massive story, not just trilogies, like what we have in canon now. The closest thing we have to a series right now is Thrawn and by, by Timothy Zahn. We've gotten two trilogies of Thrawn books by Timothy Zahn that all basically butt right up against each other. You could read the Thrawn Ascendancy trilogy and go right into the Thrawn trilogy, and it's one massive series of books. It's six books. So... I think they need to do more series. Actually, tell an author, hey, this is the story that you're allowed to tell. This is the window in which you can tell it in. Have fun. Go for it. As long as you get from here to this point, and this is what the galaxy looks like by the time you're done, these are some of the major events going on at the same time your book is going to take place, so make sure to, to weave those in. But other than that, have fun with it. I think that would be amazing. You know, to do an X-Wing series, you know, like Rogue Squadron, like we had back then. To do a series like that, yeah, I know, we had Alphabet Squadron. It's not the same thing. But if you were to do... Not, X-Wing was probably a bad example to use. Uh, but if you were to do a series of novels like that, right, I think that'd be cool. It'd give people a, a reason to, to tune in for these books. And remember, a lot of the EU books... They got to a point, you know, where they when they first started publishing Star Wars books, it was like, yeah, we'll get, you know, one out this month, and then three months from now we'll, we'll do a couple more. Then it got to, you know, a book a month, and then it got to the point where they were saying, 
you know, well, we're going to lunch. Hang on a second. I, let me finish publishing these 74 novels. Like, it was it was ridiculous the amount of content they were pumping out for the EU, right? Everybody was writing Star Wars at that point. And now we're at a point where, look, we're counting down days for books in June. You know, the, the, we have a book in April, and then we got a couple of books in May, and then we got a couple of mo- books in June. So we're, we're slowly getting to the point where we're pumping out more and more material, but we're not getting that much. If you started... If you really said, you know, we're going to do four or five series, and those books all had a, a new book coming out every couple of months, and they were kind of staggered, you'd have all these books coming out like crazy. And it would get people to tune in a little more, I think, and say, hey, you know, there's a lot of stuff coming out. These books are selling really well. Let's see what's what's going on with them. Another thing I think they need to do, and I think they're starting to understand this. I think they're starting to kind of lean this way a little bit. In Legends, we got how many books that were focused around Han, Luke, and Leia, Chewie and the droids, and the children, right? The the Solo twins and Anakin Solo. That's what the EU was really centered around, was the big three. The, the characters that we knew and loved from the classic series, from the classic trilogy. And we don't have a lot of that in canon at all. A matter of fact, we don't have anything in canon. There's nothing in canon past Return of the Jedi that has all three, Han, Luke, and Leia in it. There's nothing. And I think if they were to come out, you know, after Shadow of the Sith comes out, I don't. we don't know what the story of Luke was, right? Not yet. We know he started an academy. Or I shouldn't say academy. He started a school. They don't use the word academy. But he started a school, and we know that Ben Solo was his first student, and we know he had a handful of students. Uh, but we, beyond that, you know, we know he traveled the galaxy and learned different versions of the Force and, and what different cultures called the Force. But beyond that, we really don't know a whole lot, right? Why couldn't we get a series of books after Shadow of the Sith that follows Han, Luke, and Leia? You know, get a, get a nine or ten book series, novel series, that follows them over this massive timeline you know this massive period of time where yeah they're all main characters in this book they're all facing a big threat it would re- i think it would really go a long ways to get people to understand that no we're not forgetting about these characters and we're trying to do right by them and this is this is what we have to offer i think doing a series like that i would really go a long way in the new canon um i think it would get a lot of people to realize hey, look, we're still getting books that have our characters in it, the characters we grew up with. Let's see where it goes. And yeah, the Solo twins aren't going to be there, and Anakin Solo's not going to be there. But you're going to have Ben Solo, which would be awesome to see his upbringing, right? To kind of see him go on some adventures with his Uncle Luke. I think that'd be awesome. So I, I, I think that is something that they could definitely work on, and I think it's something that they need to integrate into the new canon. And I think... I think it would win a lot of people back if you started to get some some stuff like that, you know. So uh, maybe I'm wrong. Guys, let me know what you think. But, uh, yeah, no, I've, n- I've never once said they didn't live up to them. Like, you, you can't compare the two. They're apples and oranges. The two timelines are apples and oranges. So, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in EU. There's a lot of horrible stuff in EU. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in canon, but there's some really bad stuff in canon too. So it's not like you can sit there and say one timeline is better than the other. It's just that, this is the one, you know, some people grew up with, and they're attached to it, and that's great. That's awesome. You still have your books. But with the canon stuff, now we're getting our own timeline, and this is what we 
want to see, you know? So I do believe they need to keep coming out with Legends material. There's definitely a market for it. There's definitely an audience for it. And it wouldn't be that big of a deal to just release the book with the Legends banner on it to continue those stories. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, so I hope that answers your question, Taylor. Um, and and I, I, I would like to hear your thoughts on it as well. Um, if you could email me and let me know if there's anything you think, you know, maybe go into depth a little bit more about what you think the biggest difference between canon and EU is. Uh, I would love to love to hear your thoughts on that. So thanks for the question, Taylor. I do appreciate it. You know, before we got into mailbag questions, I had said there was another topic I wanted to talk about. And actually, I don't have it pulled up yet, so I'm going to pull it up real quick. Um, there was uh, somebody who asked if I would address this. And let me let me Google this real quick. Um, uh, I should have had it pulled up before I started uh, recording. Um, there we go. Uh, I hope I can find it here. Um, so, in episode three, the, the the conversation I was having started with. The question is the, or I should say, are the novels for episodes one, two, and three considered canon? And officially, as far as Lucasfilm goes, the answer is no. They are not considered canon. They're only considered canon as far as where they line up with the with the films. Um, which sucks because there is a. Uh, there's, there's several parts of the episode three novel in particular that I really, really wish were canon. Um, there's several little scenes. There's some differences to scenes that I really wish were canon. And I think the novel actually did it better than the film. But they're, they're, not, they're not official canon, right? I personally put them on my canon shelf because there are novelizations of the new Disney films, the Disney-era films, that are in the same exact boat as 1, 2, and 3. It, they fall under the same umbrella as what Lucasfilm said, no, these aren't canon because of this, but these are canon, even though they do the same thing. There are scenes in those novels that are not canon. Uh, and now there are scenes in the novelizations of the films that are not canon as well. Uh, for example, uh, Episode seven's novelization, The Force Awakens. There is a scene toward the end where Ray and Poe meet for the first time and he says you know i'm poe and she says i'm right he's like yeah i know and they meet for the first time that exact scene happens in the last jedi in the film which now means that scene did not happen in the novelization it happened in the last jedi which means now the force awakens novel falls under the same umbrella as what episodes one two and three for their novels did so i consider them personally i consider them canon and there are some scenes there was one scene in particular we were talking about where Obi-Wan came to visit Padme before he left to go track down uh, Grievous. And he basically told Padme he knew about um, her and Anakin. And he just never said anything because he knew that it made Anakin happy. And he didn't, he didn't want to ruin that for him. And so we started talking about it a little bit more. And we started looking into it. And we found... Uh, the novelization does have an updated version, not an updated version, but a different version of the scene 
where Anakin is promoted to the Jedi Council, but he's not given the rank of master. We know how it goes in the film. And upon rereading this part of the book, I am amazed that this is not canon. Uh, this Had they gone back and put the scene in the movie the way it was written in the book, oh my God, it was amazing. Basically... They tell Anakin, you know, you're on this council, but we do not give you the rank of master. And instead of him going, what? How can you do this? It's unfair. And, you know, instead of that, instead of being a whiny crybaby about it, in the novel, he says, how dare you? How dare you do this? And he starts going off on him about how that's unheard of, not as a crybaby, not like whiny, but out of anger talking about how no Jedi on this council can match his power and, and everything like that. And finally, Mace Windu says, take a seat, young Skywalker. And Anakin says, maybe I'll take yours. You know, and, and so there are all these differences between the novels and, and the films, which is, I get why Lucasfilm doesn't consider them canon. But we were talking about these books. And why... You know, I, he and I were talking basically why I considered them canon and nobody else did. And I gave him basically the same kind of reasons. Um, but it makes me sit back and wonder how much other EU stuff that we could sit back and say, yeah, technically that is canon. It's talked about. But it's, it's, it's kind of this fine line. So he wanted me to bring it up on the show to kind of see what everybody else thought. If you guys considered the novelizations for 1, 2, and 3 to be canon, to go in the same basic umbrella as the canon novels now, you know. And and so he had talked about it a little bit on one of his other Facebook pages, that groups that he followed. But he wanted me to put it out there. He asked if I would put it out to see what you guys thought, since we are, you know, canonites, and we all read canon stuff and, and, and everything like that. So he wanted me to put it out there. So guys, let me know in the comments below or on whichever platform you're listening in on. If you have read the novelizations for episodes one, two, and three, do you consider them canon to you? Do, do you consider them canon? Not whether or not they are officially, because we know officially they're not. But do you consider them canon? So I would love to hear your guys' thoughts, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of address that on next week's episode. So uh, I do believe that's going to do it for this episode uh, have a lot of I've ha I've had a lot of fun sitting and talking with you guys this week, um, and uh, I, I I look forward to uh, talking to you guys next week. Hey guys, don't forget we're here every week talking about our favorite thing in the world on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Be sure to visit eleven thirty eight productions dot com where you can listen in on this show, the Marvel Cast, and you can tune in for eleven thirty eight gaming there as well. Uh, if you'd like to support us and our content, please check out patreon.com slash 1138productions and, sh and show us some love there. You'll also gain access to exclusive content there as a thank you for supporting us. All those links can be found in the description of this episode on whichever platform you're listening in on. Until next week, this is Brian signing off. Keep it civil, and may the Force be with you guys.